We'll hear argument first this morning in number 9029, James C. Pledger versus Daniel Medlock, and 90-38, Daniel Medlock versus James C. Pledger. Pledger, I'm sorry. Uh, Mr. Keedle. Mr. Chief Justice, Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, Arkansas law provides for a gross receipts tax of general applicability to sales of all tangible personal property in Arkansas and certain services. The law also provides for certain enumerated exceptions, one being an exception for sale of newspapers. The, uh, since 1987, the tax has been applied to sale of cable television services, and in 1989, the gross receipts tax law was amended to add to the sales tax the service of descrambling of satellite services uh, provided to home dish owners. Uh, this same general gross receipts tax is applied to, to many businesses like uh, cable TV service, that being uh, home video rentals, books, magazines, uh, admission to sporting events. The uh, respondents in this case, who are the, are the petitioners in 9039, have uh, challenged the Arkansas tax because an exemption, as is extended to newspapers, is not also extended to the sale of cable television service, uh, citing that there is a similarity between the two services. The law does not, in fact, violate the First Amendment for the reason that uh, cable television service is a distinguishable medium from uh, the newspapers. Uh, the state is not uh, arguing that cable television is not entitled to some First Amendment protection. It's just that uh, the ability to tax one of the medium, one of the media, is not uh, necessarily binding the state to tax the other medium in the same way. The tax involved does not single out the press, nor is it content-based. The uh, taxpayer would uh, have you believe that it should be compared to newspapers to be actually a group within the press that is being singled out for, for uh, special treatment. The, the Supreme Court of Arkansas, Mr. Cato, said that the tax was invalid insofar as it uh, applied to cable TV operators but did not extend to satellite uh, dish operators? Yes, Mr. Chief Justice, that's, that's correct. And you're, you're appealing... That is, the, that is the issue that uh, the state is appealing. You're appealing that ruling. And then you're defending the ruling of the Supreme Court of Arkansas when it held <laughs> that it was not invalid to distinguish between cable operators and newspapers? Yes, Your Honor. The satellite issue still in the, still in the case? Uh, well, Your Honor... The, the law has been amended? Yes, it has. Uh, after the... Oh, approximately 11 days after the trial court mm -hmm. made its ruling... I see. ...upholding the tax, the law was changed. Now, this but was you would still like to uh, argue that... Uh, that it was not invalid uh, uh, prior to amendment. Yes, Your Honor. It uh, okay. seems somehow inconsistent, but uh, the basis okay. of our argument is... 
the legislature might uh, go back if you won. Well, that, that could well happen. But, uh, Your Honor, <laughs> we are arguing that uh, the tax as it stood in 1987 right. was constitutional due to the fact that uh, although evidence was presented that these two media provided similar types of services, that there was, was a difference in the two media that would justify the different, different tax treatment. How much is involved in that interim period? Between 87 and 89. Between 87 and 89, uh, at the time the uh, the taxes were escrowed in the case, it was approximately 6.2 million dollars. At uh, at present, after the Arkansas Supreme Court ruled in the case, the uh, the respondents went back into court and asked that the escrow account be reestablished. Instead, uh, an agreement was reached between the parties whereby the state would reserve an amount in one of its refund accounts to, uh, to compensate for the $6.2 million plus accumulated interest. I believe now it stands at somewhere around $8.1 to $8.5 million. And if, if this court were to reverse the Supreme Court of Arkansas and say that the statute in effect before the legislative amendment went into effect was constitutional, the state would recover some money then? Well, Your Honor, uh, it is not a true escrow in that sense. There's not, uh, it's more, more rather that the state would not have to make that refund out of its ref existing refund accounts. Oh, I see. So the, the, that is the uh, tangible dispute, whether the state has to refund taxes that it collected. Yes, Your Honor. On, on one hand, uh, there will be a refund of taxes collected prior to the 89 change, and in the other instance, uh, the taxes taxes ongoing, there will be uh, a request for refund of that money, too. Uh, as I'd stated before, there there's really no First Amendment violation in terms of uh, treating two like entities uh, differently for tax purposes. Well, is that because they don't compete? Well, Your Honor, in some, some sense, they do compete for uh, viewer dollars, consumer dollars. It's more of a fact that uh, physically they're, they're different services. In the cable situation, you, you have a process. I suppose we can tell when you can read a newspaper and you watch a television screen. They're, they're dissimilar in, in, that, in, in that respect, but for... Uh, purposes of our determining uh, the, the scope of the First Amendment, uh, can't we say that these that these media are in competition? I, I take it cable offers a, a, a wide variety of news broadcasts in, in, in Arkansas, including 24-hour news, I suppose, on some channels. Your Honor, I think it's clear that, uh, in fact, uh, evidence presented at the trial showed that uh, many of the types of programs that, that cable offered were indeed similar to those those provided by newspaper, but uh, the difference here is uh, in in the physical makeup of, of the two services and how, well, but how there's the a burden on the government to. Didn't the Arkansas Supreme Court say that there was no competition between the two, or am I wrong about that? I, I thought the Arkansas Supreme Court said, well, we, they're not really competing in the same way. That, that is between cable and newspaper? Yes. Yes, that, that statement was made. 
and that is that is what is at issue here. Was, was that based on some factual findings? Well, I think it was more a review of of past cases of this court that had uh, not necessarily made the distinction between cable and newspapers as being competing interests, even though even though the evidence presented was there are similar types of programs. They're still different different <laughs> entities. The tax involved in this case. Mr. Keenell, what, what is your theory of, of, of the law? Uh, do, do you acknowledge that it is contrary to the First Amendment to tax differentially to uh, um, media that are in competition with one another? That the test is whether they are competing, and if they are competing, you cannot tax one differently from the other? Is, is that a... Your Honor, I don't think the basis a proposition you accept. Uh, no, I don't believe it's whether the two uh, two are competing necessarily. That may be a factor in the determination, but uh, well, what, other, what other aspects it? have to be looked at. Oh, I see. Well, what, what what is what is the criterion if it's not that? I mean, that one I understand. What is it if it's not that? Well, the criterion that uh, the state is arguing and that we're looking at is uh, the type of burden that is placed on, on the government by, by the two types of ser- services. In your newspaper situation, you don't have uh, certain aspects that you have in cable, like uh, the, the stringing of the cable along the public rights-of-way on wires, underground, uh, the basic interference with, uh, with the government function. Well, that's There's the difference also- between the two, and there are a lot of other differences between the two. Uh, so, so I get where, is what you're saying is that, uh, as with any other tax, a rational basis distinction between the two is enough to uh, support a differential tax? Yes, Your Honor. When we are dealing with, with a tax that is not content-based or does not, uh, and where the similarity between the two comes into play is when uh, you're not dealing with two <coughs> two similar enough entities to make that distinction, then you do use the rational basis test. So it's just the same test that applies to all taxation. There, there has to be a rational basis between the two. You say so long as you're not discriminating, discriminating on a subject matter basis. That's correct, and I believe uh, this Court's decision in another Arkansas case, the Writers Project case. Uh, yes, but what, what, what about a tax on uh, ink and, uh, and, and type uh, typesetting? Your Honor, uh, I believe this court has also stated that an effect on uh, a newspaper that that particular that particular example in uh, the Minneapolis Star case that uh, when when you examine it and see that uh, the effect is had only on a few members of of the press in that case a small group. Uh, a use tax on publishers, rather, that uh, it was shown. Did but not surely happen. there was a rational basis to distinguish publishers from other people. I mean, they're different from other people in a lot of ways. They put different burdens on the on the state's economy and so forth. Wasn't there a rational basis there to distinguish between? I mean, I want to tax ink, and I I don't want to tax non-ink. Uh, uh, ink is different from non-ink. Your Honor, I believe there was a rational basis there. Uh, but we but struck it down anyway. The court struck it down because. The tax, in effect, targeted a small group within one entity. In other words, a, a group within an entity that was competing with each other. So we're right back where you well, say effect, we are. In effect, it was the same entity. 
Pardon? Uh, it was the same entity as opposed to competing entities. Uh, same as public. opposed to competing. The same in what sense? The same in the sense that uh, they're the, different tax newspapers. Was, the tax was on publishers. Yes, they're different newspapers, but they are newspapers. They are, they are a member of, uh, of the print media. And the distinction we're making here is there are two different types of media. They are competing, but uh, the difference is... So in one half of the case, it depends on whether uh, scrambled television systems are really the same media as unscrambled television systems, if that's your criterion, right? That's the question before us, whether they they are like uh, uh, two different newspapers or not. Well, Your Honor, I I believe in that situation uh, you can actually distinguish between the uh, satellite service and the cable TV service in that... uh, in that basically the way the program is received in the home in, in one instance in satellite service uh, can be distinguished from cable. Uh, cable again uses, uh, uses, uses public ways and, and uh, performs a type of intrusion on the government while the, uh, in the uh, satellite dish situation the uh, signal is beamed directly into the, into the home and there's not, there's not a basis to distinguish on uh, in that instance. Uh, May I ask, don't the newspapers use public property to sell their newspapers? Yes, Your Honor. Uh, to, to some extent, that is true. And how, what happens to your distinction? Well, the, I, I believe the distinction, distinction is still there. Uh, a look at uh, other, other types of government protection afforded to, uh, to cable, uh, cable service, such as uh, franchises, uh, rate regulation, they pay for the franchises, don't they? Well, Your Honor, it's true there is some payment for the franchise, but I don't think it's clear also that uh, that is necessarily full <laughs> compensation for, uh, for that service. But isn't it true the newspapers don't pay anything for the newsstands on public property? That's true, Your Honor, and that may, uh, and the distinction there may well be more, more of a basis on how, uh, how administratively easy it is to collect the tax from newspapers as opposed to uh, to cable. I believe the evidence in the case uh, shows that the collection of tax from uh, or, or the collection of revenues for the satellite service was actually to some extent being conducted by by the cable operators themselves. It does not appear at any fee uh, I think this becomes important when you look at the fact that the Arkansas legislature changed the law before the Arkansas Supreme Court ruled that these were similar. Uh, yeah, but administration of a sales tax on newspapers probably isn't any harder than sales tax on candy bars, is it? Your Honor, that, that may well be true. I know that that is a distinction the uh, <coughs> the court has uh, has brought out at at times, uh, specifically. Uh, I believe your your concurring opinion in the, the Minneapolis Star case that uh, based based a distinction that uh, there there is at least some administrative inconvenience in uh, in collecting the tax in newspapers. Admittedly, maybe maybe it's similar to others, but uh, that distinction has been made. In, in Arkansas, what do uh, what public property does the do the cable companies use? Well, in effect, uh, they use both uh, both uh, the uh, 
the wires, the wires and underground conduits. They make use of the public streets uh, mm-hmm. to to lay these lay these wires, mm-hmm. and uh, that not only uh, not only causes problems necessarily in uh, traffic and uh, other other means, but there is actually a, a physical use. Do of they the use wires. Do they use telephone poles? Or? Yes, yes, they do. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Arkansas, both both method, methods of using the, the uh, above-ground poles and, and underground conduits are used. Did the Arkansas Supreme Court find that uh, cable television pays a franchise fee for the use of the public right-of-way? Your Honor, I believe that... Uh, I thought that was included in their findings. Your Honor, that, that was indeed mentioned in the findings, but uh, I would submit that... That finding is not completely correct, given the fact that uh, this court in the preferred communications case has uh, at least sent that case back down for for more evidence on on how that uh, fee is so collected and how it is used. So you don't the opinion of the court below on that point. Is that it? Uh, Your Honor, I believe that uh, the evidence that we have can can allow us to make a decision without necessarily addressing that portion. I would have to say that I do recognize that uh, that there is a franchise fee be paid and what it goes to, but that it that it's not necessarily uh, a full compensation for for the intrusion of the public rights away. I believe the Arkansas Supreme Court <coughs> said that uh, the fact that there was a franchise fee fully satisfied the the. Uh, the problem, therefore, they rejected the public rights of way argument. Mr. Keenel, I, I suppose the state of Arkansas can impose a tax on candy and not impose a tax on ice cream if it wanted to, couldn't it? Your Honor, I would, I would think so. And, no, uh, uh, and you wouldn't have to show that uh, candy used the uh, public facilities or the public streets more than ice cream or anything of that sort? No, Your Honor, I think... You, uh, you just come up here and you say candy's different from ice cream, right? Well... Your Honor, the, uh, so why, what you're saying today is is that uh, is that cable is different from uh, scrambled cable? You know. Well, uh, the difference in the two the two examples, one being the candy and the other being the difference between cable and newspaper mm-hmm. and cable and scrambled satellite services, is uh, to what extent the uh, the respondents. First Amendment rights are being violated. Well, I understand, but, but but what I don't what I don't get from you, what I don't understand, is what your theory is. Do you acknowledge? that in order to make a distinction between two media, a state must show a compelling state interest? Do you acknowledge that? No, Your Honor, I do not. Well, if it's not a compelling state interest that has to be shown, what, what must be shown beyond what has to be shown in the candy and ice cream uh, uh, illustration? Well, Anything other than the two things are different and we chose to tax, uh, choose well, to tax the one and not the other? Your Honor, other? I believe on one hand the, uh, this Court has recognized that uh, the need for for the state to raise revenue is is a rational basis for for making any uh, decision to tax a cer- certain subject. Uh, well, on that basis, says, I suppose you could have taxed the press and exempted uh, uh, cable. Yes, Your Honor. Uh, oh. I, I submit that uh, mm-hmm. we would very well probably be up here. <laughs> trying to make another distinction, but uh, <laughs> I believe that uh, the cases indicate that we could uh, we could make that distinction and, and reverse it around. I thought there was language in some of our opinions that uh, when uh, 
a tax is placed on um, the media in what appears to be some discriminatory fashion, that the state has to come up with a strong state interest for making that differential. Well, Your Honor, uh, is is that, that uh, right that there's some heightened scrutiny when the well, Your Honor, that, uh, that does out? bring to mind the the O'Brien case that, uh, in effect, stated that the interest should be should be important or substantial. That uh, that may well indicate that a that a higher level of scrutiny should be used. Uh, I don't believe it goes to writers and Minneapolis Star. You don't think that those cases indicated that some form of heightened scrutiny was being applied? Yes, Your Honor. I feel that uh, that uh, that was suggested in a case where, as in Arkansas, that uh, that interest was was needed to justify a content-based discrimination. Uh, In this instance. the taxes levied on all cable operators, regardless of the content of uh, what they provide. Uh, but it's also a state sales tax, isn't it? Yes, Your Honor. It's applied. To that applies not just to the press. I mean, not, not just to the media. It applies to all similarly situated businesses. Yeah. The uh, yeah. newspaper, in effect, is part of a limited number, number of exemptions. Exactly. And the fact that... Uh, so the real issue is whether you can distinguish between one form of communication in another. Yes, Your Honor, I feel it's, it's very clear here that uh, not only is that content now, now, sales of newspapers and magazines sold by subscription are exempt. Yes, Your Honor. And cable services are generally sold by subscription, I take it. Uh, yes, Your Honor, that, that is correct, too. Uh, Could the state tax magazines, subscriptions, and not newspapers? Your Honor, I believe that uh, that would be within the state's province to do, uh, again, subject to a challenge on, on the grounds why that somehow it, we say that, on the grounds that we say they're different. Well, uh, that would be that would be the first argument. Yes, they are they are different. I think uh, a further look would would have to be made at uh, again if if there's any legislative history as to why. Suppose we should suppose it's shown that they compete for the same consumer dollar. I'm not sure you can make that showing, but suppose that showing were made in a particular case. Your Honor, I don't Does that have a bearing on whether or not they are different, or is that just something we don't look to? Uh, Your Honor, uh, we look to some metaphysical difference between newspapers and magazines—a metaphysical difference that's fairly easy to to establish, I suppose. Your Honor, I think that would have a bearing on. Uh, the matter again. I think uh, on a case-by-case basis, we'd have to look at look at other considerations. I do not think that uh, the fact that they compete for the same dollar alone would be would be enough. What's the uh, in the cases? What is the standard that has been applied uh, sustaining the right of uh, localities uh, to uh, license uh, cable operators, but uh, to exempt newspapers from license? Just a rational different basis. Your Honor, I believe that uh, that in effect is a is a higher form too. When you're looking at uh, a a regulatory, uh, well, in fact, ta- taxation too is is a regulatory form of uh, of restriction. But uh, that type of restriction more goes to the absolute restriction of of immediate to speak at all, as opposed to 
to a uh, tax exemption which uh, might have some burden, but the message is going to be conveyed as long as, as, long as the tax is not content-based. <coughs> Mr. Chief Justice, I'd like to reserve the rest of my time for rebuttal. Very well, Mr. Cadle. Uh, Mr. Sayre, we'll hear from you. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice. May it please the Court. I would like to first uh, state the theory of the case on behalf of the operators and subscribers to summarize <laughs> the relief that we seek and then to discuss the merits of the case. First, the theory is, as enunciated in this Court's Minneapolis Star case, that if we have a differential of taxation between different forms <laughs> of the media, then even though the, the Court said that it does not, in essence, make such a, uh, a compelling force on the speaker that it, it totally um, uh, keeps them from speaking at the time, that that presence and the threat of future differential taxation uh, is such that it puts a burden on the state to show a higher or the compelling interest. And in this particular case, <laughs> we believe that the taxpayers and the cable operators have sufficiently established that the method of delivering news information and entertainment by the cable electronic message is exactly the same as that that's delivered in the print, either newspapers or magazines. And in fact, the trial court um, uh, stated that our witnesses referred to this as an electronic magazine. Now, the method or the relief that we're seeking is a reversal <laughs> of the latter part of the decision and an affirmance of the first part. As Mr. Cadle said, the Arkansas uh, legislature amended the law because we had established at the trial in this case that the direct broadcast satellite or the scrambled services were not being taxed and were delivering exactly the same type of information, news and entertainment, <laughs> virtually identical to the cable that was taxed, that for that two-year period, the tax was unconstitutional under this Court's Minneapolis Star and Arkansas Writers Project rationale. However, we have never had an opportunity in the second stage of the case to present any evidence to attack that because it was after the trial court's decision. We believe if this Court will accept the broader approach that we have suggested, and that is that print and the cable are similar, sufficiently similar, that the same tax should be applied to uh, the same or they're unconstitutional without a compelling interest being shown by the state, then you should reverse the Arkansas Supreme Court on the approval of the second uh, or amended law. However, even if you find that only the electronic media is similar and that we should uh, narrow the approach or the look to those particular entities, we have submitted the affidavits and the petition for rehearing simply to establish that there is a factual difference. The Supreme Court of Arkansas noted twice in the opinion that the Act 769 was not before the trial court, did not pass upon it. And therefore, we uh, submit that even if the court should narrow the limitation of the, uh, the view in this case, that we should be entitled on remand, that the court should vacate and we should be entitled on remand to uh, present evidence on the amended statute, either in this case on remand or in another case, without the threat of collateral estoppel or uh, a raised judicata being raised. Uh, 
Well, I see in your, in your brief uh, you refer to uh, cases uh, since Minneapolis Star, and you say these courts have held that unless there is some logical reason for distinguishing between different segments of uh, the mass communications media, cable television services should enjoy the same First Amendment rights. Is that your standard, logical? Well, the lo- it's a compelling. The, the standard, if we're applying... I mean, logical is, is, is at least compelling? Well, what I'm... Uh, uh, Mr. White, if I have stated, um, uh, the, there is no logical distinction between the two in as much as they're transmitting and com- uh, conveying to the public the same type of information. I think that there has to be a compelling interest shown on the state to show a differential between them and that the reasons the state has offered here, the use of the public right-of-ways or the pervasiveness of television in the home, with regard to a, not a regulation of the entry or the access, but with regard to the application of the tax, is not logical. Mr. Sayre, if you say that a compelling state interest is required in order to have a tax that distinguishes between types of media, you're going from what was the standard before Minneapolis Star, which was that any rational basis would support a tax distinction. You know, Lenhouse in those cases, that that, that was where the, the latitude awarded to the, the government was the greatest, to a situation where the government can virtually never prevail. You say that's the import of Minneapolis Star? If there is a differential in taxation, uh, Mr. Chief Justice, I would say that is probably the case. But we have attempted here to target or to limit our scope of review to those entities that are First Amendment speakers, that are members of what we refer to as the mass communications media, those that are com- are, are transmitting uh, uh, as well, as part of the press, either electronic or uh, or print. Well, why 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 would it be so limited? We had a case involving new dancing here yesterday as to whether that was communicative. Now, would a state have to ta- tax the bookstore that was presenting the new dancing uh, the same way it taxed other forms of communicative activity? We don't. Uh, uh, I was going to say have have that situation in this case, but I would say that that argument certainly could be made by the bookstore operator with regard to what uh, what he was selling uh, to the public. We are not uh, in any way uh, uh, asking for the court to make that broad a distinction in this case because of what we have before you is what we consider virtually identical methods of uh, transmission. The only difference is one is paper. And one is uh, is electronic. Now, in that particular... Well, what about telephone services? I, I, I take it now that if you dial, I don't know if it's 800 or 900, that you, there are all sorts of uh, information services, uh, sports, news, and so forth that you get on a telephone. Is that, uh, does the state have to have a compelling interest uh, before it can uh, tax the telephone service company if it exempts uh, your industry? Uh, Justice Kennedy, I would say that, again, as the Chief Justice, that is an argument that the telephone companies uh, uh, could raise, whether it Well, is we have to write the opinion, and we want to know the consequences of the theory that you're advancing. Uh, can, you, can you answer this question? The consequences would be... <laughs> it seems to me the consequences are they're engaged in dissemination of information and uh, that, that they qualify for the exemption. And they are, and in the case of when they're acting other than a common carrier... 
uh, and they are originating the information, they probably have that same um, uh, constitutional right. Because I, I can think of, of uh, no case in which, we, in which a state has been able to show a compelling interest. Of course, we've never asked them to do so, but I, I can't think of how a state could show a compelling interest to, to justify any tax exemption or any tax discrimination. The, the situation that I think, Mr. Kennedy, that this case presents is exactly the one that was left open in the Arkansas Writers Project case, and that is that in the, the instance, <laughs> in the, the, the first part, the 87 to 89 part of this case, that being when the, uh, the, the direct broadcast satellite services were not taxed, we have exactly the same type of programming being delivered and there is a differential between cable and between the satellite broadcast. This is the same type of situation that existed in Arkansas Writers Project, where some magazines were taxed and other magazines were not taxed. After the amendment in 89... That, that was on the basis of the subject matter of the magazines. You can certainly distinguish that case on that ground. This is not a subject matter distinction. Then, uh, Mr. Scalia, with regard to the, the, the part that was reserved in... Uh, Justice Marshall's decision in that case of whether or not the difference between uh, a taxation between periodicals would be an additional basis <clears throat> was reserved, and I think that is exactly what is presented in this case. We have a different type of periodical, be it electronic or be it print, we have a differential in taxation. And uh, again, we go back to the Minneapolis Star uh, decision of this court. And the policy matter, the decision matter, that there is a distinction uh, <laughs> being drawn between similar media, and as such, that once we have established that we are providing the same type of information, once we have established that we are in a, being discriminated in the imposition of the tax, in this case a general tax and exactly the same tax that was in Arkansas Riders, then the burden of proof on a strict scrutiny or, or a heightened scrutiny, switches to the state to show that it has some strong or compelling interest to be served by this differential in taxation. And we do not believe that the, uh, the, the uh, use of the right-of-ways or the pervasiveness of television are sufficient for tax purposes to, uh, to sustain that. Does it constitute a, uh, an unconstitutional discrimination that has to have a compelling justification if uh, um, the type of tax at issue, although it's applied uniformly to anyone, is simply a tax that does not fall, happen to fall on, on one of the media. Uh, let's assume, um, well, a, a sales tax. Let's assume that most of the broadcasters in Arkansas don't sell their advertising locally, that the sales are made by the, by the networks to nationwide advertisers and whatnot, so that the over-the-air broadcasters in Arkansas really don't make any sales to people. Uh, now, would a uniform sales tax that applies to newspapers, cable owners, and everybody else, but that happens not to, not to bite the uh, over-the-air broadcaster because he's not selling anything in Arkansas, is that kind of a tax unconstitutional, too, because it has this... Uh in the particular instance here, the, the sale... I mean, the sales tax is imposed as an excise tax on the sale. No, I understand that. So uh, I think that would be a, a distinction that would... would uh, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to test the, 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 the breadth of the principle you're urging us to adopt. <laughs> is, is the principle that you have to treat all media uh, uh, equally, or is it just that you can't make a, an exemption from a particular tax for some media and not for others? 
But so long as you design your tax correctly so that it happens to hit some of them and not others, that's okay. I think uh, in response, Mr. Scalia, that it would have to uh, apply generally, and that that is what this Court's uh, admonitions in Minneapolis Star and Arkansas writers... M- Mr. Sayer, the members of the Court should be addressed as Justice Excuse me, Scalia. Uh, Chief Justice, Justice Scalia. Uh, in that particular instance, I think that the uh, uh, cable industry in Arkansas pays uh, sales tax upon any purchases that it makes, in the same manner that the uh, broadcast media or the print media pays a sales tax or a use tax upon tangible personal property. It is only in the instance, or all tangible personal property is subject to, to tax in our state, the only certain enumerated services are subjected uh, to tax, and you don't have the presumption that all uh, services are taxed as you would all property. And in this particular instance, they have chosen only, the legislature has, to extend the tax to certain uh, entities within the media and to exclude others. And, and we believe that there is no compelling interest or any logical reason for I think I'm really not sure you're answering, Justice Scalia. Suppose you reverse the situation and said the tax applied to sales of all tangible property, and therefore newspapers are subject to the tax, but cable would not be because they don't sell anything tangible. Would that be constitutional in your view? I do not believe it would, because I believe that the, uh, uh, the newspapers stand in the same state the cable would. Thank you. The, this court, in the application of the First Amendment, rights of press and speech to cable TV, treated it as a passive receiver in the 60s and 70s. But in 1979, this Court's decision in the Midwest video case, the second Midwest video case, you found that the FCC had gone beyond its jurisdiction. The result is that Congress acted in 1984 to uh, establish (coughs) a comprehensive policy or cable. In that, uh, the hearings on that, or the report, there is a substantial uh, amount of detail given or consideration given to the First Amendment rights of cable and how both the cable operator and the cable uh, subscribers' First Amendment rights should be protected and were trying to be protected by Congress in that act. In particular, in Section 542G, the <laughs> Congress states that there should be uh, the ability to subject cable to uh, general taxes, such as uh, sales and income and this type. But it said not in a discriminatory manner. And that is what we are objecting to here, is that the tax in Arkansas has been subjected in a discriminatory manner against cable and not against the similarly uh, situated entities within this mass community. But the discrimination is not... Uh is, uh, there's no discrimination between cable and, uh, and other retail businesses? No, there is not. It is, it is part of the general tax that is imposed upon retail sales. The only difference is that it has not been extended to the sale of magazines by subscription, the sale of uh, the uh, uh, newspapers. So I suppose the state, in your view, could uh, solve the problem uh, either way by extending the tax or exempting cable? That is, that is correct. They could. It's, they have either decision, either tax all media or tax no media. Uh, Would they need uh, some kind of a compelling interest to include uh, all of the media in the sales tax? 
No, because this Court has ruled that, uh, and we accept as a standard, that uh, a tax of general application that it, uh, is applied to all media uh, would have to be borne. We're not, we're not trying to say that we're not subject to tax. We're simply saying we're not subject to tax in this discriminatory uh, way in which the State has uh, attempted to impose it here. And why, uh, why, why should the exemption of the press be subject to uh, the exemption of newspapers be subject to a compelling interest if taxing all of the press would not require a compelling interest? Because of, as as this Court uh, stated in the Minneapolis Star case, it offers the the incentive for the the legislature to act as a carrot and a stick, to play one media off against the other, to uh, offer if you change your viewpoint, we'll, we'll take the tax off or we'll exempt you. That potential exists. And as uh, uh, Justice O'Connor stated there, it's not just what the tax is being imposed here, but it's the, perhaps the, the promise or the potential for other differential taxes. Do, um, do you think the congressional decision to subject cable to licensing is constitutional? With regard to the First Amendment, as yeah. when newspapers are not subjected? No, no, just generally. Acting under the Commerce uh, uh, Clause, the, the Congress can, can generally exercise any oh, yeah. power over yeah, it. So, how about is it constitutional? Does the First Amendment interfere with that decision by Congress? A number of, of, uh, of courts have indicated that exclusive uh, franchising, it does, because that there ought to be more than one speaker, that there is no reason, no logical or compelling reason to limit it. And I think that that is a, uh, is a valid distinction that should be... Uh, be well, do, you th- do you think it, uh, Congress really needed to demonstrate a compelling interest to subject uh, cable to licensing, uh, but not newspapers? Well, Your Honor, I think they, ha- they perhaps have shown the compelling interest, and in that being the licensing of the franchise. What is it? The, the licensing and franchising and the use of the public property. What is the compelling interest? The, uh, again, the, the predominant use or continued use of the public right-of-ways in that instance is one that... But you don't think uh, applying the sales tax can be justified uh, as a, uh, on that basis? Not on that basis. Why not? Because <laughs> there is, it, it has no logical... Uh, a connection with it. The franchise fee, the payment for the use of that right-of-way, does. And that's what cable pays. Is a, uh, that plus the poll rental is for the rental or the use of that public right-of-way. The sales tax is not directed, it does not compensate the state for that particular use, and that is exactly um, uh, what the franchise fee does. Mr. Sayers, suppose the state says, uh, suppose we come out the way you want, and, uh, and, and uh, the state says, gee, we, we can't... Uh tax uh, these media uh, differentially. What we'll do instead is we'll subsidize uh, some of them and not subsidize others. Is that okay? Can you uh, can a state uh, subsidize uh, media differentially? The subsidization would probably bring into uh, uh, consideration this Court's decision in Reagan versus uh, uh, taxpayers mm-hmm. uh, with representation. Uh, it, it perhaps would lower the standard, but uh, it it is an instance in which it is not a direct effect upon the speakers of It, it isn't? It, it isn't? To, I mean, to give public money, let's say, public broadcasting is, 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 is an example uh, where uh, the federal government and, and maybe some states subsidize uh, 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 
television and radio, but don't don't subsidize uh, public newspapers. Is that unconstitutional? And if not, why not? I can't understand what's the difference between uh, giving them a subsidy and, refu- and and declining to impose a tax. Is there any real difference? Well, the, uh, I think the, the real difference would be in those particular instances of public uh, television and public uh, radio that are being uh, funded, they, in the commercial sense, that they could not attract enough to provide that type of programming, and the access is is one that the state uh, is trying to get a broader and a, and a further discussion of public issues of government, those are the most important. You're saying the state has a good reason. The state always has a good reason. There's a good reason for giving tax exemptions, too. It wants to foster uh, cable, which is a useful medium for the state, for emergencies and a lot of other things. Well, I but you say there's a difference between uh, subsidy and, and tax. Yes, I do. So it's all right for the municipalities in uh, Arkansas to permit the use of sidewalks, public sidewalks, for, for news boxes uh, without charge? Isn't that a subsidy? That would be a subsidy. Uh, and a permissible one. A, a permissible one, but I think it's also one that uh, they probably uh, could charge uh, a, a minimal uh, amount to state for whatever uh, use of the public right-of-way that's being made. Well, but they don't, but they charge uh, cable. They do. Mr. Sayre, in your response to one of Justice Scalia's inquiries, you spoke of uh, Reagan against TWA, TWR. Yes. Uh, that case is mentioned by one or two of the amicus curiae. It isn't cited, as far as I can tell, in either your briefs or your opponent's briefs. Do you have any comment, further comment, about uh, the Reagan case? And doesn't it give you some trouble? It, it would, uh, Justice Blackman, with the exception that, again, I think it, it deals with the, inst- or the instance of a subsidy as opposed to the direct speaking. And here we have a tax being imposed upon the delivery of the message as opposed to one that is, again, uh, several levels down and a, and a, a very minor uh, amount of, of the subsidy that's being put in. It is not one in which the government is subsidizing the entirety of the, uh, of the local programming. And also, I believe that this Court's longstanding uh, determination that the uh, veterans uh, have specific or, or perhaps greater rights because of their service to the country is a distinguishing point in that case that is not presented in these cases. And well, the amici were certainly uh, sufficiently concerned to try to uh, spar that, uh, the holding in that case, but evidently neither you nor your opposing counsel was concerned about it. I, I would uh, simply s- say that this, what I have uh, stated to distinguish it, I believe, is, is sufficient that it is not in the same line as the Minneapolis Star or Arkansas Writers uh, Project type of case that is attack, or excuse me, is a review of the First Amendment application to the delivery of the, or direct delivery of the message. <coughs> Sir, could, uh, could Arkansas exempt not-for-profit uh, organizations from its sales tax? Not-for-profit newspapers, let's say well, church newspapers? It, it does. It does. It does exempt not-for-profit organizations, yeah. uh, charitable organizations right. are, uh, are exempt under the statute. Why is that all right? In the sense of, if, if most of those aren't aren't selling any uh, type of newspaper, they're not uh, 
or excuse me, any message. They're simply a well. They're selling the newspaper, but what they what they get from it just covers their costs of production. But but they're 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 exacting a charge for it. Well, yeah. the basic principle for the exemption of any charitable organization is they're supplying an, a service or some need that the state would otherwise have to supply. Yeah, that, this that, that's a compelling state interest. That would be a, a consideration of a compelling state interest, but that, that is, is what I'm uh, um, stating is, is the reason that the courts in Arkansas, at least, have held that the uh, tax-exempt or charitable organizations may be uh, exempt from, uh, from tax. Now, in the now, why doesn't that offend the principle of freedom of the press? I mean, the principle of freedom of the press is not, to, is not meant to assure that everybody makes the same amount of profit. That's not what it's for. It's, it's to assure open discussion. What's the difference whether the discussion is by a, a not-for-profit organization or a profit organization? Well, in, in this particular instance, I would say it would simply be the delivery of, if, uh, if it's the message of, of uh, again, not a general interest, but simply the charitable organization's uh, organ of uh, dissemination of information to its uh, members or its supporters that is a confined and, and limited purpose that perhaps is, uh, is sufficient to rise to a compelling need. On the other hand, in Arkansas, the municipalities that operate a cable system uh, are required to impose the sales tax in the same manner that uh, a, a private organization is required to. Now, the, the other courts that have considered this uh, question, the state courts that have considered this question, have more broadly applied this court's rationale in Minneapolis Star and Arkansas Writers Project than has the Arkansas Supreme Court. The Arkansas Supreme Court stated that its only reason for not more broadly applying it with regard to the print and the cable entities was because it found no case uh, of this court that had required the same type of taxation. In the Oklahoma uh, Broadcasters case and the McGraw-Hill case in New York, the courts did apply broadly to both the print and the electronic media the same standards, <laughs> and they said that, again, the burden, because of this policy decision of, of this court, is upon the state to show a compelling interest, which it did not. And that is the test that we're urging this court to apply in both the first and second parts of this case, to find that the print media and the uh, cable media uh, are similarly situated, delivering the same message, and therefore should be taxed in the same manner, and if they're not, the state fails to show a compelling or substantial interest, then the tax must be stricken. May I ask you a question just running through my mind as a result of one the Chief Justice asked you. Supposing a state imposed an amusement tax on motion picture theaters, but did not impose a similar tax on uh, your clients, would that be valid? That would certainly be subject to, uh, to question, and I think that the theater owners would have with regard to their particular type of communication, a valid uh, claim that there is a discrimination. Uh, this is what the Illinois court held in that satellite link case where cable was not taxed and the, the microwave services providing the same movies uh, were taxed. And I would say that that would apply in the, so this, in the same uh, manner. So the tax on the, th I'm talking about more th theaters exhibiting. Theaters more exhibiting. exhibiting. Yes. And, but but uh, Justice Stevens, in Arkansas, the theaters are taxed and the cable is taxed. What we're directing at is more the heart of the traditional press, that being the newspapers and our communication on C-SPAN. I understand, but I think you're distinct. I mean, your, your argument that the press and, and cable TV are similarly protected would apply equally to cable TV yes. and motion picture theaters. Yes. 
And you can think of no compelling interest, can you, for that distinction? No, I cannot. Uh, again, the cross-ownership uh, within the medias, uh, the fact that magazine publishers, newspaper publishers also own broadcast stations and the uh, cable entities uh, is another sign that these are all part of the same method of communication, the same manner of communication uh, in the press. If you go into a newsroom of any of these entities, you will find the same electronic computers, the same uh, word processors. The only difference is the method of delivery of the final message, that being whether it is delivered on print uh, on your doorstep or whether it comes through your television uh, screen on cable or broadcast. If there are no further questions, I would uh, release the rest of my time, Mr. Chief Justice. Thank you, Mr. Sayre. Mr. Cadle, do you have rebuttal? You have five minutes left. Thank you, Mr. Chief Justice. May it please the Court. Uh, I would take exception to one of Mr. Sayre's statements uh, made early on that the Arkansas General Assembly uh, enacted this amendment to the tax uh, because it was found that uh, satellite television services and cable services were the same. There's nothing in the record, no legislative history, to indicate that that was indeed the case. So I do not feel that uh, we're, we're left with that result. The trial court did not make that determination, and the Arkansas Supreme Court did not make that determination until, until uh, after, after the law was changed. So, uh, well, arguably, I suppose the changing the law made the exemption of newspapers even more difficult because the satellites don't use the uh, satellite doesn't use don't use the uh, streets and put any burden on the on the uh, public like the uh, like the uh, cable operators do. Your and yet. Uh, and yet newspapers are exempt and satellite, satellite or not. Well, Justice White, I would suggest that uh, there might well be another reason for the distinction uh, at first between satellite and cable television service and, and uh, the later addition. What about between satellites and the newspapers? Well, Your Honor, I believe there's a, an even greater Well, they are different, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're quite different. Uh, in fact, uh, even more so than uh, satellite and cable due to the fact that... Uh, Satellite might be seen more, more as uh, a retransmission, uh, as maybe cable was looked at earlier of uh, of other programming. Well, There's that not that original content. How is that relevant to uh, taxation? Well, I think the uh, the distinction is relevant due to the fact that there's some indication in in the trial record that uh, or through testimony that brought up the fact that uh, the, the fees collected for this service were collected by the cable companies and then... Uh, in the state of Arkansas. In, in the state of Arkansas. Therefore, it might have occurred to the General Assembly that uh, here is an administrative, administratively convenient way to collect taxes on these services where there may not have been any perception beforehand that, uh, that it that, in fact, maybe uh, administration of a tax on, on this service, even, even if it was known about, uh, would, would be feasible, uh, would be economically feasible for the state. 
I would I would also take exception to uh, Mr. Sayers' statement that perhaps this uh, this case should be uh, sent back on remand due to the fact that he did not have a chance to to make an argument as to the distinction between cable and the newspaper because the act was passed part of the trial court's decision. This, in fact, in fact, was the same argument he was making with regard to the 1987 act. There was some uh, was some evidence uh, presented that there were similarities between satellite and cable television, but the thrust of the case seemed to be that uh, the First Amendment violation occurred because they were treating uh, cable differently from from newspapers. Uh, There was not an appeal made to the Arkansas Supreme Court with regard to that part of the decision. Now, I understand that that the taxpayers, in effect, won the case, and the result is that uh, there was was an award of a refund, but uh, I believe that the respondents had a full full chance to argue this case, and in fact, uh, there's sufficient evidence to at least uh, at least show that uh, be made. In conclusion, I would state that uh, the Arkansas tax in both instances uh, is not violative of uh, the First Amendment due to the fact that it does not single out the press for special treatment, special tax treatment. It does not target what can be proved to be a small group within the press for that treatment. It is definitely not content-based. Therefore, a rational basis uh, should be the only requirement of the state to justify this uh, differing tax treatment. might further address uh, a, uh, an argument that was uh, made with regard to whether this tax exemption could be seen as a subsidy. I believe that uh, if that were the test to be made, on one hand, we could win based on the Riders Project Minneapolis Star line of cases, if we were to look to the dissent in Arkansas Writers Project, you could very well see that this uh, tax exemption to an otherwise generally applicable tax could... uh, Thank you, Mr. Cadle. Uh, The case is submitted.